Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Welcome to Radio 5G's Cosmic Soup, a pre-recorded show airing on January 24, 2024. Mark Joseph and myself, Nancy Hopkins, will be discussing Hour 1 of the show. Two videos are played in the first hour. The first is Patrick Wood on Truth Express Radio discussing his new book, The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. The second video is titled, Directed Energy Weapon Attacks and Havana Syndrome, on the Whistleblowers podcast. John Kiriakou speaks with former NASA Technical Director Bill Biney, B-I-N-N-E-Y, and Catherine Horton, a former particle physicist, on this episode. Mark and I will be there in that second hour, and we thank you for listening. All aboard the Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. Patrick Wood, he studied modern globalization for over 40 years. This isn't new. Over 40 years, having co-authored Trilaterals over Washington, 1978 with the late Professor Anthony C. Sutton. Mr. Wood uh, is a leading expert on technocracy. He's brought it to the forefront, technocracy. He authored Technocracy Rising, the Trojan horse of global transformation. This is what they're using. This is the secret. It's not so secret anymore, thanks to Patrick Wood. Now, he also wrote Technocracy, the hard road to world order. The world order involves what? Slavery. For all of us, the elites are going to be, they're smarter, don't you know? And they're going to take control of everything. That's what they intend to do. He founded Citizens for Free Speech, combat the big tech social censorship. That's working. He also, uh, his latest book is Twin Evils. Now, I love the w- fact that you're using the word evils and the cover. When you see it, it has an evil looking cover on it. It just absolutely displays the two twins of technocracy and transhumanism. It's now available, just came out this last last day or two at Amazon and also technocracynews.com. Uh, and also you've got citizensforfreespeech.org. Patrick, this book is going to be a revolution. It needs to be in everybody's hands. People out there listening, if you're homeschooling your kids and other people's kids, get this. If you're into a church school where you can get this book out, uh, it's called The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. Don't feel like you have to spend a fortune. It's available at Amazon and Kindle. Or if you want bulk, uh, Patrick can sell it to you at bulk at uh, technocracynews.com. If you don't want to buy it in bulk, well, you can also buy, he'll send you one if you order from Technocracy 
news. That's all you have to put, Technocracy News. And he will send you a autographed copy. Even better, right? Well, I like to do that. Yeah, all, all the books I ship from our office here, I do like to sign them up and, um, you know, just kind of see where they're going. But a lot of people, especially out of country, uh, it's pretty expensive to ship a book overseas. Sure, so we encourage sure. them just to go to go to electronic means or maybe to a local bookstore and, and order, do a special order. It'll get there to them a whole lot cheaper. But it is available in America right now. News. That's all you have to put. You don't have to put anything else. T-E-C-H-N-O-C-R-A-C-Y. Now, I've got to ask you, what is technocracy? Because from what <laughs> I gather, and we've talked about this for a long, long time about technocracy, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are not aware of what it is. Tell us what it is. Well, technocracy is a replacement economic system for capitalism and free market economics. And today we know it, uh, this was invented back in the 1930s, but today we know it under names such as sustainable development, the green new economy, um, natural capitalism, stakeholder capitalism is something that uh, Klaus Schwab talks about at the World Economic Forum. It's all the same stuff. It's uh, basically technocracy. It's a resource-based economic system where you will own nothing and they will own everything. And, um, you know, this is exactly what the uh, World Economic Forum says. By 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. Well, um, you know, basically life for us would be a pay-per-view sort of a thing, like, you know, you subscribe to Netflix. Well, uh, if you have to wear a suit to work uh, every day, well, you'll have you'll get pay-per-view suits. They'll just be delivered and then picked up when you're done with them. <laughs> but you'll pay a. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. This resource-based thing is absolutely insane. It'll never work. It'll crash the world totally in the end. But uh, these people, these ideologues, are bent on implementing this new economic system. It's very dangerous. Uh, it's very cracked. People look at it and they just shake their head. Like, what are they talking about? It's uh, something that uh, they tried to implement in Nazi Germany, wasn't it? It was. And the technocracy movement in the 1930s was primarily uh, centered and focused around Columbia University in New York City. Uh, That was the most progressive university in America at the time. But the technocracy movement uh, hopped the Atlantic Ocean almost immediately into uh, then what was Germany was rising up to be Nazi Germany eventually. Uh, but the technocracy movement had a lot of uh, currency, if you will, in, in, uh, in Germany. And as uh, World War II progressed and uh, Hitler took over, um, the technocrats played a very important role in prosecuting and helping Hitler to prosecute World War II. Well, during that period in Canada, there was a family that lived there. It's called the Musk family. They were big supporters of technocracy, and they were thrown out of the country for that. That's why Elon Musk was born in South Africa. But the fact is, I think Elon may have been seeing some of the errors of his ways, because as we can tell, even they eat their own. I see where Antifa is even after Tesla. I mean, they are after Musk because he's said, I want freedom with Twitter. And so they have really gone after him. But it was his family that was thrown out. I think he maybe has changed. What do you think? I have serious doubts that he's changed a lot. You know, there's a lot of uh, 
uh, a technocrat slash transhuman people, and Musk is a transhumanist as well, um, they have a bent towards libertarianism. And a lot of people will look at, uh, uh, you know, the, the Musks of the world, Jeff Bezos, et cetera, Peter Thiel is another one. They look at them and they say, well, it sounds like a, a libertarian to me. And, of course, liber- a lot of libertarians talk about freedom and, you know, sure. they talk about free speech and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, Musk is in a situation right now, being the, one of the almost richest people in the world, um, of displaying this libertarian bent. It's certainly not Marxism and communism absolutely, no, or socialism. No. Absolutely not. Um, but if you examine him and his history, too, he grew up in a technocrat home. He has a yes. you know, yes, he technocrat did. Was, uh, heritage. Yes, it was so technocrat that they threw him out of Canada. Now you've got the other part, and that is the uh, first one is the trans uh, is the technocracy, and the second part transhumanism. Does that mean changing boys to girls and girls to boys? Is that what it means? Or no, 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 boys and girls. This is much worse, isn't it? There's much more to it. It basically uh, implies a genetic takeover of humanity, and uh, you know, creating humans 2.0 based on genetic modification. And this is not a pipe dream oh, or conspiracy now, theory. Wait a minute, genetic modification. Would that be changing the DNA and the RNA of humans? That's exactly right. That's exactly COVID, right. COVID shots. What does it do? That's right. Messenger RNA, and it's uh, it's affecting the human body in a in a radical way. Uh, this is, and I want to I want to reiterate it. People think that we're kind of out on a limb here. Yeah, they're spinning conspiracy theories. Sorry, won't fly. The the, uh, the the World Economic Forum itself talks openly about transhumanism and openly right. about their Great Reset, which is a technocracy underneath it. And Great their idea does two things. Two things. It changes the physical world, changes the human condition by genetic engineering. That is the great reset, isn't it? In a nutshell. That, it is. It's a it's a one two punch. It's a you call it a two part whatever party punch. Um so technocracy is going to change society, the structure of society, the, the economic structure of society. And uh, that's part of the Great Reset, of course. Then you have to have new people, Humans 2.0, to live in this new, uh, what they think is going to be some kind of utopian world system. Right. It's absolutely insane. And, and what, what's happened here along the way is that technocracy and transhumanism have bonded together in a, in a kind of like an axis of evil. You know, if you were to look back at World War II, you know, Nazi Germany had... Uh, they they allied with other countries and they were called the Axis powers. Well, technocracy now and transhumanism are bonded together for a common unified effort to conquer the planet. And it's a very form, formidable enemy at this point. They're working hand in hand, uh, not only at universities but also within you know think tanks, within organizations like the United Nations as well as the World Economic Forum. And they're actually bent on doing this. this. That's why this book is so important. This is not me spinning the story. I'm simply oh. reporting what they have said openly that they're going to do. And it's like, folks, this will set your hair on fire. <laughs> and the sooner the better. Maybe you need your hair on fire to do something about this stuff. Well, if you but want to see the ultimate, 
the ultimate plan of where it comes to, where everyone's locked up 24-7, your fearless leaders control everything. Oh, excuse me, isn't that what they're doing in China right now? Right. Exactly. So that is transhumanism, and it's also technocracy in action. People own nothing. They're locked up to the point that uh, they had a fire and people were dying. They couldn't get out, little kids, because they were locked up because of COVID. And yet a person had not died of COVID in China in the last week. This is total control of the population, isn't it? Total control of us. We become slaves, but the elites know so much more. Go to any school, any school in the country, any university, and they'll tell you, we know you don't, right? Well, that's right. And, you know, the big G20 meeting that just took place, that's uh, the top 20 governments uh, countries in the world. Right. They uh, they got together and they they signed a declaration that they want to establish a vaccine passport for international travel. Uh, that's in the face of having no evidence that um, you know that that will do any good at all. It's simply about control. But and we signed on, we signed on to this vaccine passport. We signed yes, on we to a vaccine passport, and we've got open borders. Does that make yep. any sense at all, Patrick? No, and of course they will not have any vaccine passports at the border for all the illegals coming in. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, I would I will expect, even though the, the international vaccine passport is going to be a thing at this point, I expect that many nations will adopt that for internal use as well. Which means that uh, eventually, this is just my opinion now, but eventually I see this rolling out in America where you will not be able to get on a domestic airline to go to a neighboring state without having your vaccine passport up to date. Wow. That basically means a lot of people just simply are not going to fly. Incredible. It's absolutely yes, it incredible. This is the brave new world we're looking at. I'm using that term very on purpose, brave new world. Yes. This is the brave new world that Orwell showed us in 1984 and in Brave New World, isn't it? It is. And what's interesting about Brave New World, by the way, is that there is no political system in Brave no. New World. If, you, if, if People should go back and read that and pick up on that thought. There's no political system. That's exactly what the technocrats called for in 1932, was a complete abolition of the political system altogether. Get rid of it all. Right. Send Congress home, send all of the governing bodies home or whatever, just appoint technocrats to run everything. Um, which is, of course, for America, this is patently insane, but this is what they wanted to do, and this is still what they want to do. It's not insane. It's happening in America. But it's the other one you need to look at is Animal Farm, where all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. That's exactly where they're going. If your children are in a religious school that has some freedom, if your children are being homeschooled, Make sure that part of the curriculum is getting the book, The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. This is a necessary thing for you to get for your survival. Why? Well, look at what's going on. Male fertility, they're trying to reduce the population. Male fertility plunges 62% and still falling. One of 500 small children with the Pfizer shot to be hospitalized. This is where we're going. Male fertility dropping down. Males are no longer males. Females are no longer females. Look at what's going on. Just look at what's going on. Now, you've got anti 
lockdown Stanford professor, Dr. Jay Bellicero, been on TV all over the place. You take a position at odds with the scientific uh, clarity and your life becomes a living hell. Happened to a friend of mine, Dr. Tim Ball, took an opposite approach to climate change, and they hounded him literally to his grave. He couldn't get a job in any teaching university or anything else if you disagree with what the science, so-called science, is saying. Same thing with COVID. Now we're finding out that indeed those who had, who were COVID or vax deniers, I'm not a vax denier, but I'm a the COVID vaccine denier, those people who disagreed with that, we were right. Fauci was wrong on every level, every single level. And they're still pushing it. That's what's so sad, isn't it, Patrick? They're still pushing it. They're still pushing it as if nothing had happened, as if uh, there has been no evidence whatsoever come out to blow their narrative out of the water. They just continue to say it, say it, say it over and over again, and hopefully people, they think, hopefully people will just believe it. Um, Move on. Nothing uh, to see here. Nothing going on. Just keep on going. COVID's fine. You just take that and take your, uh, wear your mask. You still see people wearing masks, and every doctor I've talked to, Patrick, says that wearing a mask is like putting up a chain-link fence so mosquitoes won't come in. Yeah, exactly. You know, the the the, uh, uh, the, the Dutch uh, parliamentarian uh, to the United or to the European Union uh, confronted in committee, confronted one of the top executives of Pfizer with a yes or no question. Did Pfizer do testing for transmissibility of the virus uh, after somebody taking their vaccine? And no. they said no. They said no, we didn't do that because you know we you know we had to work at the speed of science and we didn't have time for those testings to be done. And yet, <laughs> so we are all, yet, everybody who took the vaccine is essentially a guinea pig, aren't we? Well, not just is beyond just a guinea pig. What they told the people then after that, all the governments of the world told the people, you must take the vaccine to stop transmitting the virus. That's what they said. Uh, right, right. It's your it patriotic was a duty. States lie, and now Pfizer has admitted publicly and openly in Europe that they never did any testing whatsoever to ask the question: Will our vaccine slow or stop the transmission of COVID? They never did the testing. Wow. The whole thing was a sham, Erskine. It was a complete one hundred percent fraud that was implemented on the world. Now, 58% of the COVID deaths now are among those who are vaccinated. So it's become a pandemic of the vaccinated because the vaccinated are spewing out prions, which we've already talked about, and this is affecting people. And the other thing that's so bad is that uh, it is reducing their immune system. So the instances of cancer and other things are through the roof right now, aren't they? They are. And, you know, this culling of the herd, it, it, the, the statistics that 58% of COVID deaths were vaccinated, right. that's, that's a big story in and of itself. But there, it goes a little bit deeper than that because the largest group of people that are dying, period, are those over 65. Culling and out so the old. We'll be right back. Culling out the old people. 
in the twin evils of technocracy and transhumanism, a very great man wrote, and I'm talking to him right now, Patrick Wood. He said, when Aldous Huxley published Brave New World in 1932, he described a scientific dictatorship that resembled technocracy. All resources were carefully managed. No private property. Genetic engineering and conditioning produced just the right type and number of people to operate the system. It's 1932. Fast forward, World War II. Same thing that Nazi Germany did. Fast forward to today. And in the Georgia Guidestones, what's the number one thing? To reduce the population. Technocracy is originally conceived, dismissed ownership of private property. People own nothing. Land, cars, gold, guns would have neither the means nor the might or the right to defend themselves should they choose to resist. What are we seeing now? Take away rights to have uh, certain types of weapons. Take away rights to have any weapons. That's what they want to do. That's from our fearless leader. That's what he's telling us. So this is all happening. The Great Reset is coming into, into fruition right now, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's perilously close to closing the trap on us completely. The unfortunate thing is, Erskine, that most people are still totally asleep at the switch. Our political system in, in America right now, for instance, all of our senators, legislators, from national to state level, and certainly local level, they have no clue whatsoever about what we're talking about here. It's They're simply, their heads are in the clouds. They have no idea. And so we're in for a rough ride there's, because there's no resistance against this stuff right now. Nobody's crying foul, which they should be. You know, Let me when, ask you about thought, something else. You've dealt a lot with money throughout your life. This has been yeah. one of your primary vocations. And uh, studying the uh, transhumanism and technocracy was almost an avocation to become a full-time vocation. But it was an avocation for a while. And when you saw how bad it was gay, you just uh, went over to it. But we've got, they want to transform the financial system to a digital currency that you don't even have to carry a, a wallet. You could have it on your hand where you could have it or on your forehead where you could have it. Uh, the digital system. Wouldn't that be nice not to carry your wallet? This is right out of Revelations, Patrick. Yes, it really is. Revelation 13 talks about that about, uh, you know, having having a mark, a uh, so-called right. mark of, of the beast, the Antichrist himself. And uh, that's not to say that this is the mark of the beast yet. That's coming for a future time, but you can clearly see... We're right on the precipice. They're preparing us for that. Yeah. They are preparing exactly. us for that. Anybody who doesn't... I mean, this was written thousands of years ago, the book of Revelation, yeah. but they saw this coming, and we are here now because this is happening now. I think God put us here, those who are awake, to warn others because this is a time that uh, God told about 2,000 years ago, isn't it? That's right. And we can't uh, we can't rule out that God might do something to push back. He can do whatever he wants, of course, because that's who he is. Right. Uh, but he may not. We may be knocking on the door of that seven-year period right now, and it could be just ahead. I, I don't, honestly, I don't know. But... Um, in the meantime, anybody that's, that understands this and sees this for the first time, anybody like that who then stays silent is complicit. Yeah, no question Period. about it. 
Now, when we're talking about this, you and I are at the press. Oh, oh, I want to talk about one thing first, if you don't mind, Patrick. I'm sorry. I hate to ramble. But the financial system, the digital currency financial system that they're bringing in, this is also where you will own nothing. They'll have complete control of everything you do with the digital currency financial system. This is what they're talking about. I watched something, a video 11 years ago that the um, Federal Reserve System lost $9 trillion. Where'd they lose it? They don't know. Have they been audited? Not really. Nobody knows where it is. It's just money. It's gone. But this is what they want to do, a digital financial system, don't they? Because our financial system is in the process of breaking down, or am I wrong? It is breaking down, intentionally so. And the idea of bringing in this new uh, central bank digital currency system is that all of the paper currencies of the world are going to go up in smoke at the same time. It's not a question of the dollar versus the yuan versus the euro, etc. All of the paper currencies, all of the fiat currencies of the world are slated for destruction together. They'll all be put in the same coffin It may take a financial crisis to precipitate that type type of event, but when it happens, they're all going to go together, and the morning you wake up is going to say, well, we're on a new system now, a new financial system that will save the world, and it's going to be a digital central bank-controlled system. They've already planned for this. The Bank for International Settlements in Basel, Switzerland, which is the central bank to central banks, they've been prepping for this now for at least five to seven years. Uh, they've established uh, research laboratories in different parts of the world for the central banks in that in those regions to create their own version of a central bank digital currency. And now they're testing. They're actually in the testing phase now to test interoperability between the the various central banks of the world to make sure the so money. So what happens to any money you have, Patrick? What happens to it? Does money you have in the bank or elsewhere? It's just going to be converted into a digital currency, and that'll be the end of it. But what there's another twist to this that's really important. Our central bank, the Federal Reserve, is planning at this point is planning on offering uh, digital bank accounts to citizens of the United States directly, so you and I could ostensibly maintain just like we have a bank account now at Wells Fargo or Chase or whatever. We could have an account with the Federal Reserve. That, um, that is denominated in their central bank digital currency. The problem with this is, is that it will virtually drive every commercial bank in America out of business and turn over the whole enchilada to the Federal Reserve. It also will side just completely um, invalidate the Treasury as well as our Congress, Senate wow. in particular, for being able to regulate currency in America. Now, this is a banking takeover of the most epic proportions you could imagine because if we end up with a monopoly of money, being the the Federal Reserve, for instance, in America and other central banks in other countries, you end up essentially with one bank controlling everything. Now, how do you think that's going to work out? (laughs) Yeah, and do you you think they're not going to say who has the money and who doesn't? You disagree with the government policies. You have no money tomorrow. And we also lose our sovereignty with that, too, don't we? 
Yes, we do. And, you know, like China, all the central banks are working on programmable money. China right. already has programmable money. You can't spend it except in the places that they allow you to spend it. If they don't want you to spend money in a certain place, you simply can't spend it there. And by the way, you, you mentioned all the riots and stuff going on over in China right now. When, when some people, some protesters have been identified with facial recognition and their smartphones have been turned off so that their, their apps can't do anything, tents are popping up all over cities where people, where, where protesters who came in from other cities and stuff in the area region, they can't get home. So they're popping. They're all of a sudden they're homeless in a foreign uh, city, and they're they're putting up tents just to survive until they can somehow get money together to uh, or somebody to help them to get back to wherever it is they came from. Programmable money. Wow, it's amazing. They're also it's tied to their uh, social pretty, credit scoring system. They're going to be creating financial emergency to shove us into the digital currency yep. trap. I mean, this is happening, and they're also looking for another pandemic for the WHO to take over because they can. Now, I think one of the things that they're looking at in order to control this and to do it is the the election in Arizona. I think this is a large part uh, because $27 million, it's reported, that Katie Hobbs got, from this FTX or the the fellow with the mm-hmm. Bitcoin, $27 million. He gave it to all sorts of Democratic this and that. It was a money laundering scheme, wasn't it, the Bitcoin? It apparently was. And uh, all of the people that received money uh, from that organization have, you know, especially on the Democrat side, they haven't done anything, haven't even condemned them. The guy should be in jail right now. I can't believe he's still walking free. He's no, going he's speaking to be at some a, big, uh, big uh, conference of people with a financial yeah. conference this week. He, he will not in jail. He, he will be sharing a cell with Bernie Madoff someday. Um, and but what he has done is so much greater than what Madoff ever did. I mean, it makes Madoff look like a Boy Scout. Makes Enron look small, doesn't it? It does, and it, <laughs> it's absolutely. So this whole this whole Bitcoin thing, you ask, well, where did the money go? Where, the money that was stolen from individual investors, where did that money go? Well, you're right. It was laundered into far-left-leaning political campaigns around America right. Right. to disrupt the electoral process. It's Incredible, you, you isn't it? You can't make this kind of stuff up. I listen, I have followed, as you know, I live in Arizona as well, I, I have followed everything that the, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors have done uh, since tw- at least 2020. Right. And this election in 2022 was the biggest travesty of justice I have ever seen in my life. These people are absolute maniacs to think that we cannot see through the thinly veiled hijacking of the electoral process. It's just inconceivable that these people are allowed to walk around. Patrick, can I read a letter that uh, Carrie Lake sent to the people of Arizona? I think it'll mean a lot. It's very clear. Printer problems, tabulation errors, three-hour lines are longer, and confusing instructions given by election officials made Election Day the most chaotic in Arizona history. Half the voting centers had opened for the first time on Election Day 
where the overwhelming majority were voting for Gary Lake, were not operational. Half of the voting centers were not operational. Would you get on a plane if half the engines didn't work? Would your friends in the media be able to broadcast their nightly propaganda if half of their studio equipment wasn't working? Of course not. But the 2022 general election in Arizona was botched and broken beyond repair. This isn't about Republicans or Democrats. It's about our right to vote, a right that many voters were sadly deprived of November 8th. Tens of thousands reached out pleading with me to fight for them. Rest assured, I will. I'll not give up. We will no longer have a country. Attorneys are working diligently to gather information. Whistleblowers are coming forward. Curtains are being lifted. Whether accidentally or intentionally, it's clear that this election was a debacle that destroyed any trust in our election. Arizona's who make use of their voice heard on Election Day shouldn't be disenfranchised or punished for choosing to vote in person, yet they were. Uh, I'll continue to fight until we restore confidence mm-hmm. and faith in our elections. Well, this is more than that, more than what Kerry even said. This is oh a gosh, fight yeah. of the globalists. They need control of Arizona for the coming planned pandemic and other things. This is a takeover. We are ground central of the globalist takeover of our elections. And this is really happening. Now, if you did it, if they disenfranchised black voters, the DOJ would be in there. They'd be in there quicker as could be. If they disenfranchised Hispanic voters. But in this case, if they disenfranchised Democrat voters, they would be in there. But in this case, the Board of Supervisors is not taking a stand. The evidence, when you've got three-hour waits and they're closing polls and they're telling people we can't do this and the printer's not working. Is there any question that this election was completely wrong on every count, uh, Patrick? I've never seen anything like it. Have you? It was. And even, I mean, you you could give credence to, well, sometimes stuff happens. Sometimes technology breaks. You you know, you get a lot of places, but 60% of the polls, no. That's right. That this goes so far beyond just coincidence. It's not even funny. But, but it, when when the county board of uh, when the board of supervisors were presented with eyewitness et, uh, testimony from their own oh, yeah. workers, they one lady came in. She says, "I was at I was working in the polling station and I saw ballots from box number three being commingled with ballots that had already been scanned." And there's. And of course, I mean, well, maybe not everybody understand what I'm talking about here, but box number three is where all the ballots went that got rejected by the scanner. Right. And so that was supposed to be a safe, secure box. Well, they they filled up during the course of the day. They couldn't run them through the scanner, so the boxes filled up. And uh, sooner or later, they had to open the boxes illegally in the middle of the polling center. And so they just threw the ballots in. Some of them did. They just threw the ballots in with the ones that had been scanned and already tabulated. Oh, no problem. We'll just take them all back to headquarters this way. And the well, person Carrie Lake was running against was the person who was controlling the elections. That should right. not have been. And she only lost that's by right. 17,000 uh, 17, votes. I mean, this was just uh, uh, incredible. And before the election, living in Arizona, I could say this, you could say the same thing. We never saw Katie Hobbs, who was running against Carrie Lake. She was nowhere on TV. She was nowhere debating. She was nowhere to be seen. The only time you saw her was after this when she claimed that she was elected governor. Incredible. Patrick, this is one of those stay tuned, see what happens, isn't it? 
Well, it is, and in the meantime, we have to continue to maintain uh, our free speech so at least we can speak a little bit and tell people what's going on, but I'm afraid that's going down the tubes, too. Um, you know, we've got this new um, uh, Respect for Marriage Act that we have to deal with now. Right. Stuff never, it never stops coming. Um, what's really a travesty, is, I suppose, is that uh, even though this was proposed by, by a Democrat in the first place, that uh, 12 U.S. senators that were Republican uh, senators voted, along with the Democrats, to pass the Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, people need to take a look at this, especially churches, especially people that belong to churches who have an opinion on marriage and might even, you know, stand on a street corner at some point and just read out of the Bible. And just, <laughs> and just read text. Don't even give an opinion. Just read your text. You could be sued. Now, you have no protection whatsoever anymore. You could be sued, and I guarantee you will be sued, if you open your mouth in public and you're not associated with a church or a, an employee of a church or faith-based organization. This is absolutely incredible. It's a, it's a travesty against the First Amendment. The first part of the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law uh, abridging the freedom of expression of religion. It's like unbelievable. Doesn't anybody read the First Amendment anymore? Apparently not in well, Congress. Would they, wouldn't they arrest Jesus today? He preached in the marketplace. They would certainly arrest him. They would arrest him and put him on trial again. You bet you they would. They would. Now, I'm going to make a recommendation for Christmas, a Christmas present for those you love, those you care about, if you love our country, even for yourself. Get a copy of the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism. We talk about the politics of it, and yes, it's important. We talk about a lot of things that are coming on and they're going down, that they're important. But this book puts it all together. You'll understand the evil twins of technocracy and transhumanism. If you're part of a uh, school system where you are teaching kids homeschooling or in a religious school, Make sure that they get copies and your children get copies of technocracy and transhumanism. And the best way is to go to techno, uh, to go to uh, technocracy.news. If you want, you can get a bulk discount or an autograph copy. If you're elsewhere or it's not convenient, you can get a Kindle version or anything else at Amazon.com. It's available now. You've worked on this for quite a while. It's probably, you've worked on this longer than any other book I think you've written, didn't you? Well, I probably have. And this is my third book on technocracy, by the way. Right. And I've, got, I've got a pretty good backlog of information on this now. It may be the last one I write on technocracy, but, you know, who knows? There may have to be a fourth. Technocracy yeah. rising, then you had technocracy, the hard road to world order, and now you've combined it with Twin Evils, Technocracy and Transhumanism. When you read this book, it is shocking, but it started, honestly, in the 1930s, and it's here now. We were warned about it 2,000 years ago. 1930s, it uh, was written about by Orwell, and today it is here. This They will take everything you've got, everything you can have, and they will destroy what you hold dear to you. It really is that bad, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and I tell you, the time to stand up is now. And this is not the time to knuckle under and just say, oh, it doesn't really affect me. I'm not going to be worried about it. Well, it, it's it's affecting you now. If you can't see this affecting you now, you're just flat out blind. 
Now's the time to stand up against this stuff and start saying no and driving this crazy ideology out of our society. I believe that more people are starting to wake up. Your organization, uh, the one that you're working with, that you started uh, for free speech, this is for free speech, is growing by leaps and bounds, isn't it? It is. And, of course, we need even more at this point. I, I'm, I'm still amazed that, that we don't have 600,000 members instead of 60,000 members nationwide. Uh, but free speech is for everybody in America. And we, there's, three, what, 350 million of us now. Uh, short of the, of course, the, all the illegal aliens and stuff that we have in the country that nobody knows who right, and where they are. Right. Uh, but for for those who are American citizens, free speech and the First Amendment is one of our our bedrock um, principles. And uh, I don't our, don't care what you have to say, but I'll defend your right to say it, even no matter how stupid or how intelligent it is, how I feel it is, I'll still defend your right to say it. Unfortunately. There are people who do not want to hear anything other than the propaganda they're putting out. And that's all we're getting yep. on the news is propaganda. Yes. Thank you for fighting the fight, Patrick Wood. Fighting the fight. We're here for a reason. God put us here now to win. Thanks, Richard. We told you last season that many, many people across the United States and in a half dozen other countries have been diagnosed with a strange malady called Havana Syndrome. These symptoms first began manifesting in 2016 when diplomats at the U.S. Embassy in Havana, Cuba, began reporting things ranging from physical pain to ringing in the ears to cognitive difficulties. Many had diagnosable traumatic brain injuries. The U.S. government initially dismissed the symptoms as the product of crickets. Yes, crickets. But something more sinister was likely behind it. Multiple investigations from nearly every part of the American intelligence community led only to inconclusive results. And yet more and more people are complaining about these same symptoms. I'm John Kiriakou. Welcome to The Whistleblowers. Havana syndrome is a perplexing condition. When diplomats at the U.S. Embassy in Havana began reporting things like physical pain, migraines, nausea, ringing in the ears, and even traumatic brain injuries, the State Department and the Department of Defense called the events anomalous health incidents. CIA Director William Burns called them attacks after several senior CIA officers said that they had been targeted. But after a preliminary look, the government decided that the situation was one of mass hysteria caused by nothing but the noise made by crickets when they were seeking to mate. That was ridiculous, of course, and it was wrong. In the following months and years, dozens of American diplomats and government officials in places as far-flung as Hanoi, Bogota, Washington, Australia, Moscow, and elsewhere reported symptoms associated with Havana Syndrome. Even the CIA's former station chief in Moscow resigned from the agency and led a lawsuit saying that he too was a victim of Havana Syndrome and that the CIA was not taking him or other victims seriously. Doctors now confirm that the syndrome is real. There's verifiable damage done to victims and many of them can show evidence of these traumatic brain injuries. But there's no treatment, no rhyme or reason why some individuals seem to be targeted while others are not and no admission from any element of the U.S. government 
or from any other government for that matter, that this is real and something needs to be done about it. As time has passed since we learned about the first cases, more and more people have raised the question of whether Havana syndrome might be the result of something called a directed energy weapon. It sounds far-fetched to many. Could the American government, could any government, actually be testing new weapons on unwitting civilians? William Bill Binney was the fourth-ranking officer in the National Security Agency, or NSA, at the time of the September 11th attacks. As the agency's technical director, he was one of the most highly cleared officers in the entire organization, and he later became one of the most important national security whistleblowers in American history. And his wife, Dr. Catherine Horton, is former high-energy physicist and research fellow at the University of Oxford in England, and is investigating directed energy weapons. Bill Binney has accomplished a lot in his life. He likely didn't expect to count himself among the Americans who have experienced the effects of Havana syndrome. We'll talk to him about the possibility that this is, in fact, a weapon. Bill, Catherine, welcome. We're so happy to have you. It's good to be with you. Nice to be here. Bill, Catherine, let's begin with the basics of Havana syndrome. This seemed to come as a surprise to just about everybody. And indeed, it wasn't even discovered until 2016. Based on what you know, what are the signs of Havana syndrome? And why hadn't we heard about it or its symptoms before 2016? Well, my wife is more uh, adept at answering that. But what I know about those kinds of syndromes and embassies, that some of this very similar kind of thing occurred in the Moscow embassy in the early 1970s. And it was due to microwave radiation. Um, And I think uh, that's probably has something to do with this uh, somehow, but... You? Yeah, I, I would. One of the things I would like to point out is that uh, when I read the, the official symptoms, like nausea, ringing in the ears, the first thing I noticed, especially about ringing in the ears, that one has to be very careful because there are different weapons technologies at play here. So, in principle, one can cause there's something called the fry effect. You can crank up the power on a microwave, aim it at the person's head, and at a certain intensity, this person can hear. Uh, the microwave. So there's uh, basically current being induced in the auditory system, and then one can hear a ringing. However, uh, among all the targeted individuals, of which there are thousands in the United States alone, there's uh, also another way to cause this, and that could have also been done at embassy stuff, which is using a previously implanted microchip and then torturing people with ringing in the ears by basically pumping white noise to the microchip. Now, when people were discussing Havana syndrome, they wanted to focus on directed energy weapons and microwave uh, energy and so on. And that's true. That's uh, first uh, where one should start. But then also one has to keep in mind that embassy staff in particular would be CIA agents who would have been on FBI agents who would have been implanted without their knowledge and consent with microchips, almost, you know, a pro forma. So that is also another way of torturing people. And, uh, and also microchips are, in my experience, being used to guide the weapons through the walls. So if you're aiming a microwave or directed energy weapons at somebody through maybe one wall, maybe even several walls, which is entirely possible, you need some sort of marker to know that you actually hit the person. There are some, you know, guiding technology, but if you really want to target somebody's head especially when they're sitting at the desk moving back and forth, it helps having markers of, you know, technology already on the person, like covertly non-consensually implanted microchips that then give you a coordinate system. 
And I say that because in uh, the analysis we've done, I've worked with a Belgian university where we have uh, scanned victims who complained about directed energy weapon attacks. We found microchips in all of them. One can actually measure the radio frequency emission from these microchips. Now, for those who already struggle with Havana syndrome, that's very far out to then take <coughs> another technology. But usually this comes as a package. Covert non-consensual implanting goes along with directed energy weapon attacks in pretty much 100% of the cases. Um, so. I mentioned in a previous episode of the show that not a single day goes by that I don't receive an email from somebody who believes that he or she is suffering from some sort of government experimentation. In many cases, these people, quite unfortunately, are mentally ill. But in many cases, they are legitimately suffering from something, and they have the MRIs and the CAT scans to prove it. Is it possible to differentiate between people who need to be medicated and people who are suffering as a result of something electronic? Yes, that is, that is actually very, very easy to do. And uh, what I would say, so they, again, there are two things. One is the directed energy weapon attacks, which usually happen and then the attackers stop. So unless one can uh, catch them in the act and record live evidence, this is something that I've done because I came under attack. I managed to uh, film how I was being shot at with directed energy weapons, and I used metal foil to show that one could hear the impact and actually see the foil move as well in a completely sealed room. So that's possible, but uh, it is much easier to prove that uh, victims are, in fact, victims and not mentally ill by finding the microchips. And as I said, we found microchips in all of them. So <clears throat> the way to do that is to use a standard bug detector. I've got one here that I, I always use because there's a very high f frequency range from 1 megahertz to 6 gigahertz. And then one can literally scan the body. Typically, the strongest microchip is in the neck, in our experience. And then one can hold the microchip. So this side. One can hold the, the, uh, uh, the bug detector to the neck and move it around, change the angle until it shows a signal. And the smoking gun evidence and that also distinguishes the microchip from any background radiation is, first of all, that you can reproduce this any time of the day. You will always find a microchip. But more importantly, that the radiation from these microchips is polarized, which means that at a certain angle, you will see the maximum. So little LEDs show up as you pick up a signal and you will see the maximum signal at a certain angle. It will go down as you change the angle. <clears throat> so that is a telltale sign for polarized radiation. Background radiation typically is unpolarized. So it doesn't matter how you stick the antenna into a room if there's Wi-Fi, mobile phone uh, communication. You always pick up a signal, but these microchips are very, very specific. So that is usually the first way. Once you've found a ch uh, chip in the neck, uh, all victims are implanted according to a symmetric pattern, which is universal around the world. It doesn't matter if the victims are from Russia, from the U.S. or Germany. It's always the same. And they are basically implanted symmetrically in all the major joints, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and even down to the, to the fingers with smaller microchips. So <clears throat> there's also a scientific paper on body area networks that exactly describes this technology that we found in victims. And when you actually look at um, where you find the microchips, you realize, oh, my God, it is a coordinate system on the human body. So with this coordinate system, one can aim a directed energy weapon, hit a chip. The chip communicates back, sends a signal, yes, I received some energy 
um, and then you can you can target individuals. So the the standard victim dis- and that that was also the same in the embassies, by the way. People described um, having their heads targeted, <clears throat> but sometimes also things like hearts and lungs. They had difficulty breathing, <clears throat> and that is actually the standard victim report. So um, I'm a victim myself, and I can tell you that you can feel a beam. You can feel it scan across your body. You can feel it changing from one side of the body of, to the other. When you have pain, suddenly switch hemispheres. It has nothing to do with the human brain because it's uh, divided into hemispheres. So having, uh, you know, always pain on one side of the body could be a natural disease or natural ailment. But when it switches body uh, halves very rapidly, that is usually an external uh, attack. So this is how to go about proving that these people actually are genuine victims and are being targeted. Immediately after this began happening in Cuba, the State Department and the CIA commissioned studies to get to the bottom of the causes. At least that's what they said they would do. The State Department's Jason Advisory Group finally said in early 2022 that it was not likely that the symptoms were being caused by a directed energy weapon. Also in early 2022, the CIA released a report saying that in 976 of 1,000 cases of Havana syndrome, they could confirm that the symptoms were not a result of a hostile foreign power. Without drawing any definitive conclusions, these studies speculated that the causes of Havana syndrome could be ultrasound waves or they could be pesticides. But then a blue ribbon panel of the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine said that the likeliest cause was microwave energy, specifically directed pulsed RF energy. What do you know about the fallout from exposure to this kind of energy? Of course. Yeah, there <laughs> is. Yeah. So in terms of uh, fallout from this energy, there's, it depends on what frequency, what intensity, what exact weapon is being used. So uh, there's directed energy weapons that cause uh, basically electromagnetic shock waves. If you get targeted by that, it feels like you're being hit on the head with a hammer it can go, it can knock you out, it can cause strokes, it can cause heart attacks. Uh, they can also use it, uh, classical microwaves to quite literally uh, fry people's brains, okay? So just as much as you cook a steak in the microwave, you can cook part of the heart muscle uh, through that, uh, you know, you can even make a heart explode. That has been uh, done to an author, Mikhail Fiebig, who was exposing corruption in Prague. He wrote books about, you know, uh, modeled on actual corrupt figures. And one day his heart exploded, a pretty impossible, uh, you know, medical uh, incident. But that's very easy to do by just uh, aiming a microwave beam at somebody's heart and, you know, causing it or, or directed energy weapon with an actual shockwave. So other symptoms uh, can be seen right on my forehead. I had an entire circular disc branded into my forehead by directed energy weapons that are hidden in cars and are aimed at me when I'm driving my car. So you can have burning uh, symptoms as well, depending on the energy. But uh, tissue damage uh, is, is typically the common kind. I should also say that there's directed energy weapons Bill and I have uh, uh, witnessed, which one uh, shot two holes into sheet metal in our home whereby the weapon was uh, launched from a drone and it shot through the roof and the upper floor without leaving a trace. And we had sheet metal. We were hiding in the basement, actually. We moved our bedroom into the basement because of the attacks on us. And we had put uh, metal whiteboards on the ground floor 
um, on, on the ground uh, to shield ourselves on the floor below. And, and in the middle of the night, we heard these loud bangs and we went upstairs and found two holes in the, in the sheet metal. But there was no hole in the roof and the ceiling above. So this is a directed energy weapon that is directing the energy longitudinally, very precisely, to try to shoot through metal shielding by leaving the, the roof and the upper floor, you know, ceiling and floor of the upper floor completely unharmed. So um, these energies can be carefully tuned at what depth the shockwave actually has its maximum impact. And what that means is that you can, somebody, an ambassador sitting at his desk inside the embassy, maybe in a windowless room, and from a drone above, you can, you can quite literally, uh, you know, shoot his brain or his heart making him have an instantaneous uh, shock to the heart, uh, heart attack, or, you know, cause uh, what would look like probably an aneurysm, brain bleeding, or something like that. So anything is possible with this technology. Bill and Catherine, thank you. We're speaking with NSA whistleblower Bill Binney and his wife Catherine about Havana syndrome and directed energy weapons. We're going to take a short break, but stay with us. We're going to get into what the U.S. government may be planning in the way of new weapons for future battlefields and how those weapons are tested. But more importantly, we'll talk to Bill about his own experience with these weapons. Welcome back to The Whistleblowers. I'm John Kiriakou. We're speaking with famed NSA whistleblower Bill Binney. Bill was one of the leading technological minds in the American government before becoming one of the most important whistleblowers in recent history. Today we're joined by him and by his wife, Dr. Catherine Horton, a former high-energy physicist and research fellow at the University of Oxford, to discuss Havana Syndrome and directed energy weapons. Good to have you both with us. Bill, I know that you've been suffering with symptoms consistent with Havana syndrome. We're told studies conducted by different governmental entities found the initial phase is a result of a sonic disturbance. And 15% of people who show Havana syndrome symptoms also show a disruption in brain activity and eventually traumatic brain injury. What's your experience been like? Well, mine I don't think is... Uh, uh Havana syndrome type. It's like uh, implants because I've got, um, in, and I'm being treated for pain for it, but, and the, the physician has never seen anything like this, but it's like four points on each of my legs in a parallel position on both legs. And the pain sometimes just alternates back and forth between those four points. I mean, it's a point pain. I can put a finger on it on each of the eight points, four on each leg. And that's where the pain's coming from. And then we have an x-ray that shows something embedded there. There's something there. I've been trying to get somebody to take it out. But they're, I think they're all afraid to take it out because it might imply the government's doing something very, very sadistic. Yeah, we should also say that the, that, that the pain that Bill experiences is so extreme. He has to go to a special pain clinic where he's prescribed uh, particularly strong uh, and tightly regulated pain medication. Yeah. And uh, that's not usually not even enough to block out the pain if yeah. the torture starts. And we call it torture because it would start exactly on the hour, for example, or exactly when Bill wants to go to sleep, and they would torture him throughout the night. And that's that's usually the pattern. So incredibly unnatural sort of medical issues. 
Have you been in touch with current or former government officials about this situation? What I'm curious about is what kind of response you get. Many people want to just brush off these symptoms as psychosomatic, but they're documentable. What are others in a position either to know or to have an educated opinion telling you? They're not. Yeah. They're, they're, just not they're just not getting involved. Yeah. And so the government officials usually block. We don't get any responses to let, letters. But um, I should say that uh, the U.S. government has known ever since Obama launched the so-called Bioethics Committee, where they were, they actually did a survey of targeted individuals and found detailed reports. I mean, this went on for a long time. They collected a lot of material, and then they said, "Oh, thank you very much, and goodbye. That's it." So uh, people testified about what about that they're being tortured to death in their own homes. Uh, they provided evidence, they provided doctor certificates, and the U.S. government did absolutely nothing. Now, the, the answer for that, the, the reason behind it is very obvious. They are doing it, they know exactly what they're doing, and they just wanted to find out how well it's working and how people are responding to it, which is usually very badly. But it's, uh, uh, we know it's a global torture program. I personally have <laughs> litigated against MI6 in 2016. I asked the High Court in London for an injunction against the attacks on me, and uh, three, days, uh, three days after my first hearing, I survived my first assassination attempt on the road. This came after my six actually gave me a death threat as I was going to the court. So it was unmistakable what, that it was them, and uh, it's also clear that they are doing it. But uh, when you analyze the victim cases, how they are distributed <clears throat> throughout Europe, most of them are in Germany, in, in uh, North America, most of the victims are in the United States, and you really map out what is being done and uh, how ruthless people are, I would say that this is really a global uh, torture program whereby victims get loaded in and get tortured to death. During the torture, they typically experience anything that, the, the, uh, you know, that would be in the arsenal of the intelligence agencies, directed energy weapons, microwave burning, but also things like hacking and housebreaking and car sabotage. It's almost like they are guinea pigs or training dummies to train up the next generation of torturers. You and I had a conversation about this issue years ago, and you said something that has always stuck with me. You said, it may sound crazy, but I think there's some science behind it, when talking about the complaints of people who said that they were suffering from the result of these directed energy attacks. Can you tell us what you meant by that? Can you explain what the science is? Um, our experience is that they can follow people wherever they are. Uh, we trace these, uh, e even even going to Europe, we trace the signals that were here in different states hitting us, also went with us over there. So, you know, it's not, it's, uh, you know, they follow you wherever, wherever you go. I have one final question that I think many of us formerly in the intelligence community would have. A lot of people who have worked in government, and especially in the post-1975 intelligence community, have trouble concluding that the government would experiment on innocent, unwitting civilians. We know that the CIA certainly did this for many, many years, from the early 1950s until 1975 and the advent of the Church Committee. But deep down, do you think this is a government program? Do you think the Pentagon, or perhaps the CIA or NSA, uh, are doing this? I think that the, you just named the three that were primary, uh, primarily responsible in my view. FBI also. FBI, yeah, yeah sorry. 
Yeah, all of them, all of the above. But I should also say that MI6, the whole five eyes is involved. BND in Germany is involved. We know the Polish are involved. So for a long time, we assumed that it's a NATO-wide torture program. But it's actually bigger than NATO because nations that are not officially in NATO also torture their, their uh, population. So it is really a global torture program. Thank you, Bill Binney and Dr. Catherine Horton, for helping us shed light on this new and very important issue. And thank you to our viewers for tuning in. In the 5th century BC, the ancient Greek city-state of Athens and the city-state of Sparta fought each other in a conflict called the Peloponnesian War. On the eve of that conflict, in an assembly of Greek city-states seeking peace, a delegate from the city-state of Corinth said, many times before now, we have told you what we were likely to suffer from Athens. And on each occasion, instead of taking to heart what we were telling you, you chose to suspect our motives and to consider that we were speaking only about our own grievances. Well, that's the life of the whistleblower. Why is it that when people make a revelation, so many members of the public or the government or the media feel that it's just complaining? How many times have we seen whistleblowers make revelations only to be branded as fantasists or crackpots? That has to end. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Whistleblowers. Welcome to the second hour of Radio 5G's Cosmic Soup for January 24th, 2024. My name is Nancy Hopkins and with me is Mark Joseph. And you've just heard, uh, well, you heard some talk about what is it, transhumanism and, and te- uh, te- what's the word? Technocracy. Technocracy. See, I don't want to. I, I I don't like the word. So technocracy. And then you heard about this, the uh, Havana syndrome, and that story. So, Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you because you again, and thank you for these. These were both very excellent, uh, informative pieces. Um, we have had Patrick Wood on the show uh, before, and uh, he doesn't disappoint. So he's got that new book out. Uh, it is a creepy uh, cover. Have you seen the cover? Yeah, I, like, I, I liked it. It's almost like a heavy metal band cover, which is cool. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what is it, the two evils of technocracy? Is that what it is? Transhumanism, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm turning it over to you. Give us a little bit what you know more about these people because you're so good at this. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, so Patrick, would have, like, I've uh, kept up with his stuff for for years and um i usually go to podbean.com to get you put in a name and can sometimes find out what what their latest interview is uh, it's it's you always a hit and miss cuz I, I i the stuff we play here i like to um get not just the latest but is it not just worth hearing but it avoids the um uh fear based thing and gives solutions so um, <clears throat> the Patrick Woodman was from the 18th. It was pretty recent. And uh, he is on Substack. And I've bu- he has a citizen, something like a, I'll get the website later, but citizens free, free press, free speech, something like that. And he has some really cool um, brochures. Like back in 2020, I bought a bunch of these on, um, uh, I think it was the masks and then the injections and another one on um, freedom of speech, these brochure thingies you can hand out to people put on bulletin boards so 
as far as um, being out in the field, like it, it can seem overwhelming, a lot of this stuff, but you get word out there, <clears throat> uh, junior colleges, you know, across the street would be a coffee shop and they have a bulletin board. I put things up there. Um, natural food stores usually has a community board. And so, um, so Patrick Wood's organization does provide that in terms of educating people in a more digestible way of this, this whole thing, this monolith seemingly. Um, and you guys cover that in your other shows here in cosmic reality, the radio station. Um, so, yeah, the, the Patrick Woodson doesn't get too deep. It, they were just covering some of the basic stuff, definitions, and um, and <clears throat> it's it's uh, timely because last week was the big Davos um, um, event, and, of course, there's a lot of, you know, making fun of. And one of the best ones was somebody was doing a CGI of they were on the podium and then uh, talking bad to, uh, you know, the, the leaders – and then making them walk away. So that was, even though it was fake, it it, it had that convincing, persuasive power. Um, couldn't really give you the documentation, but I'm sure if you put um, WEF or Davos, it'll come up. And yeah, so obviously things are moving up faster in terms of inf information we're getting and what's been happening, especially this month. Um, one of my one of the companies I buy from regularly, the Root brand that does remove the, um, I don't know about microchips per se, but the bio nanotech, it does remove that and other heavy metals uh, that I've used and, and clears up the pineal gland. And I've experienced this where if I use it regularly, it's called the clean slate and your dreams will get more vivid. And then and eventually end up feeling a pulsing in my forehead, like uh, um, where the pineal gland area is. So they were in Davos, I think the last two, three years in a row. And uh, one of the founders of the company, uh, he deleted the, the video. I was going to have, have it played in the show. And so what he was saying was 90% of the people that attend are not into the, the population um, global domination thing. It's a lot more cooperative, cohesive, and about building new earth. So that was really positive when you go to um, – popular alt media influencers, all the social media stuff, you just constantly hear the, the fear and you're not hearing the um, nation building and world building aspect of, of that. So um, hopefully I can find a new interview, um, one of the root brand co-founders and uh, get a more uh, distinct coverage of the good part of Davos where uh, more people are working together towards building new things rather than, you know, what the last okay. few years were. That was a brand of food? What kind of food? The Root is brand is, um, uh, it's a supplement company, basically, but it's a, they have a lot of detox uh, stuff. Uh, first heard about it on Project Camelot, just like you, you know, with your Shungite, um, <clears throat> and just been following them ever since. Um, so if people want to try it out, check out Clean Slate. Uh, it is pretty expensive, but, I mean, if you want to get the stuff out of your body that we're breathing in nonstop, it's definitely one of the routes. So, that's you. There was there was somebody else in uh, uh, at the at the conference. I'm, I I don't, I don't remember what country he was, but he kind of laid into him, and I didn't. I heard that it had happened. I didn't hear what happened. His speech. Do you know anything about that? Oh, probably the Argentine president uh, Millet. Yes, um, yes, yes. And so, I didn't see it. I, I do want to see it, and then. 
Schwab's um, after remarks, still praising him. So it was a little confusing. This is all like I, I haven't seen the clip, but I, I do want to see it because um, supposedly Malay's um, <clears throat> on the WEF, number one, and number two. I told you about this offline where they had found some tunnels under these uh, Jewish Orthodox um, churches or their uh, organizational buildings that lead to supposedly, allegedly, the Children's Museum and to other um, of their buildings and uh, involving children. And, and of course, uh, the big talk is the Elohim and, and, <clears throat> and as far as X goes. And... Uh, it's just you, know, you go back far enough with the Bible and get to the root meanings. It's a bunch of, um, you know, the, the Elohim, Nephilim are, are uh, groups of people. They're not, it's not singular. It's not monotheistic. And so <clears throat> at least the, the Cliff High uh, view is they're um, in Stockholm Syndrome. These people are, you know, they've been abused and they've been worshiping the the. Elohim Anunnaki, that this is their way of um, <laughs> processing that whole thing. And I've always been of this stand that, even as a kid, that these major religions are, are forms of control. You want to call it uh, enslavement, you know, pick your word. It's just a form of control. And I'm, I'm fine with, with the works of what Christ and, and these other people did. But let's get to the original writings and who did the editing and how much of it was it, you know, of his own versus, um, versus uh, this all revision and re-editing. But anyway, um, yeah, a lot of things going on in January and, and uh, you know, I know the month's almost over, but um, I'll, I'll just send it back to you, Nancy. <laughs> I think I'm out of words here. Well, I'm kind of confused to how the Jewish underground tunnels got involved in the conversation oh so malay had gone to um that that uh, location i don't know if it was post inauguration when he, he became president but there was a picture of him like he and video that he was there in new york going to the main building he's jewish so um i'm just saying like it seems like he's doing some good things but you never know if, if someone's been put into a position make sense yeah, I guess. <clears throat> Why would he have gone there if he was part of it? He wouldn't want to be near it because then you're part of it. But if you go down there and you're showing yourself, you might be somebody that wants to see something that you really don't want to see, but you want to see it because you need to see it. Yeah, I mean, it was already enough with whole, this whole thing with Israel, and then you see that the first thing he flew was was an Israeli flag rather than his country's flag when he won. What is that? Uh, okay, okay. Did you know about that? No, no. Whether it was first or before, it doesn't matter. He flew the flag, um, wore the yarmulke, and then flew to New York, like to that exact same spot. I think it was before, but like, okay, what's going on here? It was with all these tunnels. So... <laughs> <laughs> and then we know the Argentinian connection with the Nazis escaping there, right? There's that too. Uh, so oh, what's yeah, going on yeah, here? Yeah, I mean, Walt Silva is grew up in Argentina, and some of the stories he tells are just like outrageous. I mean, it's I, I don't know about what 
um, you know, he doesn't talk about the Jewish control there, but that country actually is part of their government is the acknowledgement that the Catholic Church is supreme in the in the Argentina. Yeah, we both grew up Catholic, and um, even as a kid, I remember sixth grade, <laughs> fifth grade, I was questioning, and like, look, if they gave me truthful, or not even truth, doesn't even have to be truthful, does, does it make sense? Then I would have been fine, but it just kept leading down, you know, the, the common vernacular, the, the rabbit hole thing. And it's like, okay, there's a bunch of BS. And I knew that as a kid. Like, um, and it's the whole thing of might is right, where they just build atop the previous civilization that was there and then just incorporate a very Roman. Um, and so that's what got me into the whole <clears throat> black magic thing. You know, you, you're a kid in, in the library looking up Necronomicon or whatever, those kinds of books. And it's like, if, if the white lighters are this bad and, and you see gold everywhere and they're tra trafficking kids, abusing kids, what's on the other side? So, you know, now I'm just trying to find that balance between the two and, and what, as far as what results come out of. Um, and Shanghai brought me to that because continually looking for results-oriented um, utility. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> so and which connects us back to technocracy and, and you have this constant electrification and uh, surveillance and again you know you know me i'm uh graduated in new media um wrote for international uh journals not a lot but enough and then so now i work um um in sf and san francisco oakland berkeley that kind of area um where when catherine fitz talked to whitney webb on, on the AI topic, <clears throat> there is no distinction between what is it, what is an alphabet agency uh, tools versus what Silicon Valley is. Like, where is the dividing line? There isn't. And so it's, it's this, it amounts to the same thing. So I constantly talk to people who work with Google and what's going on there. It, it might as well call them CIA. I mean, there are enough um, public materials out there. And so, <clears throat> you know, we, we had a, uh, one of our um, guests we've had in, in, in the Shanghai show, and we'll have him back again. Uh, you know, I posted about these targeted individuals and voice to skull and, and getting these, these messages in their head. And we've known this. I mean, we've talked about this before, Nancy, for years, right? That V2K, voice to skull, is pretty common knowledge. This isn't anything. Like, if, if this is already public knowledge, what else have they been doing that they're not telling us? So there's a Skunk Works quote, I'll have to find it, where we're four or five decades ahead of what the public knows and, and what they're using, and that we have the uh, material to go to the stars and back to take E.T. home. And that was from Lockheed Skunk Works, one of their top guys. Um, but like people who listen to Celeste Solom, Tony Pantoloresco, Robert Duncan, this is just common knowledge. And thank goodness for... Um, things like shungite, you know, and then you got even things like copper, brass, uh, different um, metal, what do you call it, protection that can go against 5G, 6G. And, um, you know, we had different communities that can uh, give us solutions. So what year was it? Um, more, a little over 100 years ago where the government uh, labeled the common American citizen as enemy combatants. <clears throat> and so the term genocide, not genocide, democide. You know, I'm, I'm sur 
it, it's surprising that word is not used more often in all of these, you know, uh, whistleblowers and testimonials of the injections and <clears throat> the upcoming disease X or whatever it is. You, you don't hear the word democide. I, I don't understand that. Well, why don't you um, define it? Death by government. And the word government is mind control. So. <laughs> um, okay, okay, you know, th this is so. I don't even know how to explain what, what's happening now, except we're in a really accelerated reveal. Yeah. Yep. Okay? Yeah. And last night we did the Say What show. And we played a TikTok presentation by this woman that nobody can figure out what her name is. And she's talking about the name of, of the Antichrist. Okay, it's, it's actually a Facebook link I have for it, but it was a TikTok thing. And she's talking about the Antichrist. So it's a nine-minute clip, and we start playing it. I'm, I've got it on the station, you know, everything sounds fine to me. I go back to the to the show and I said, okay, Dolly, what do you think? And she says, well, nobody could hear, we could hear the the thing, but the people in the audience couldn't. I said, what are you talking about? And she said, <clears throat> nobody could understand what she was saying because there was some other signal coming in. And so... I, I didn't know what they were talking about because I didn't hear it, you know. But we decided that we would try it again because I checked everything. I didn't have anything on. There was no, no indication that it was coming from my computer. So we start the thing up again, and it goes for four minutes before it happened again, this intrusion into the signal. So you got somebody else talking and, you know, she, you can't hear her, and it was like ludicrous. But this time, I had the phone on. I was actually listening to the same signal that was coming over the phone. So I stopped the tape, and I said, "Okay, I, I now I know what you guys were going up against." And I had to severely edit the recording because once I, even if, even though I stopped the tape, we could not get rid of. I could not get rid of that sound. I had to completely shut down everything. My computer, the internet, everything to get rid of that sound. Okay? So, I highly recommend that you guys listen to the, the, the Say What from last night, which would have been uh, the 20th. Uh, because this is one of the weirder things we've ever encountered. So, what she was saying, okay, not to give you the ending, but this is kind of important. What she was saying was that Jesus Christ talks in parable, and you have to kind of figure out what he's talking about. So he is describing the Antichrist from his version of it, which is this like lightning comes down from the high heaven, something to that effect. And she said, assuming that he's talking about the Antichrist, what did he actually say? Because of what you re referenced, there's all these different translations and you know things that have been mucked with in in all of the all of the li literature. So she goes back to the ancient Arabic language that Jesus would have been speaking at the time, and she gets the translation, 
And she puts this translation, you know, is looking at it, and she was like, oh, my God. Okay? Now, she she tells you, she, she doesn't tell you exactly who it is at that moment, but she begins to tell you what other sources have said about uh, the Antichrist. And this is summing her up, okay? It's got to be somebody that's n- known on the world stage, either active or had been active. It's got to be a male. And this person, male, has got to be homosexual. And she says, and she shows that Daniel 17 or something, a statement that says that the Antichrist will not want women. Okay, so now all of a sudden everybody is like, oh, well, we know somebody like that, don't we? Guy by the name of Barack Obama? Because now all of a sudden there's all these stories about him being gay. And there's a lot of accusation and, and people swear by it that Michelle Obama is actually Michael's oh, somebody or other. That they, they've actually got a trail. I mean, up until 08 it was, I think, Michelle Obama was listed on the voting voting poll things as a woman. I mean, as a man. And she changed it in 08. You know, they can show you the documentation for this. So so apparently he's, he's gay, right? So he's spitting the bill. He's a known person. He's gay. He's gay. He's male. Okay. But then she goes into this translation. And the translation is Barack Obama in ancient Arabic for what Jesus, the words Jesus said about the lightning bolt coming down, okay? So this is, this is what we were trying to present to our audience. This was something that for, I mean, everybody, nobody was doubting that we weren't being interfered with because it just didn't make any sense. Um, but we got into a discussion of the concept of the Antichrist and this whole story, be it Obama or whoever, you know, is that there was no stipulation that the Antichrist is a human being. And there is a lot of evidence that Barack Obama has been replaced and when we say this, people are saying that there's an actor wearing masks and some of these, I mean, these masks, you, you wouldn't know the difference. I've seen, you know, somebody standing there, put this mask on and then look like some famous person. Uh, you wouldn't know the difference. Or that they're clones. Then we find out from last week's show, or was it last week's show or the week before, about the AI and how advanced it has become. And I got to thinking, well, is it the fact that the AI is creating, like in cloning, that you make a phony body, but then you upload somehow or another the personality and thinking process of whoever it is, okay? So let's assume it's Obama. So if it was a clone, then Obama's mind would, you know, everything about him would be up in this... uh, in this uh, clone. But what if it's not the thoughts from the source from a human being? What if it's AI that's been programmed with all the mannerisms, all the personality, all of the 
uh, thoughts and writings and speeches and everything so that the AI, for all, you know, apparent reasons, is Barack Obama. But he's in a he's in a, a body that's not so much cloned as a bio as a as a robotic body, an android, like data data in the uh, uh, um, what is it uh, Star Trek, okay. So when, and and this has been a progression of information that we've gotten through the last four or five shows, different shows. So I'm thinking to myself, and I said, I'm talking aloud. You know, I talk, oh, what about this, you know? And it's conceivable that the Antichrist that they're going to put up out there is the Obama android who said that the Antichrist had to be human and have the spirit of God in them. Doesn't it make a lot more sense that it's an android with no spirit of God that's going to take over the world and kill off the population and do whatever this ugly thing is. Um, so then we address the question of what had just happened. Why did they, you know, oh, you know, we've got somebody that talks to the other side and the other side very seldom will give us detailed information, to be honest with you. But somebody in the uh, chat room said, well, the posse, she calls them the posse, well, the posse answer, and so I said, nah, that's not something they answer. I said, well, maybe, and Dolly goes, oh, my God, they're answering, <laughs> you know, and they uh, said, yes, that, that we were actually um, intruded upon by a demonic energy, okay, whatever that means. But for a while now, I mean, I'm talking over decades, I've come to the conclusion that this spiritual war, war that we talk about as being a war between good and evil may not be between good and evil, per se, as between the God force and the artificial force, from biological life created by God to the Silicon Valley transhumanism life. And... It just seems like this information, once you begin to see it that way, you kind of like, you lose your fear. Mark, it's really kind of like, all of a sudden you go like, this is, this is really strange, but we don't have some biological enemy. It's a silicon energy enemy. It's transhumanism. It's the concept that they're trying to destroy God's creation. And it that in and of itself fits so many of the scenarios of religions. You know, there's this these well, I don't know, I don't study, you know, I know a lot of people, you in fact, that study other religions. You know, I mean I was brought up a Catholic, great Catholic. My uncle was a priest, my aunt was a nun. Everybody in the family, it's all, it was all Catholic. And then it just, as a kid, like you say, you know, you start asking questions and they wouldn't be able to answer it. So they say, it's on faith. It's on faith. Well, by the time I got to college and had a reasonably astute mind at that point, the faith didn't work anymore. And I walked out of that church. Some priest was up there, a young priest was up there yelling at me, telling me I was a sinner. And in the middle of him doing that, I just got up, walked out of that church, and I've never looked back. 
You know, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be programmed to be a victim and a loser here. <laughs> you know, and then I realized that's what they'd been doing all my life. Programming me. So I think that maybe there's a lot of people that are waking up to the fact that they are being programmed by religion. And I think that there are irrefutable signs that this concept of transhumanism is coming to the forefront. And it's like Dolly yells every time we talk about this, Terminator, Terminator, watch the Terminator movies. (laughs) You know? But um, I don't know if Obama is even alive. Never mind that he's going to be the Antichrist. But once you realize that the Antichrist could be just an android, you know, yeah, they'd be made to make, make all sorts of magical things happen. But they're an android, not connected to anything except silicon. And an AI developed program that's pretty impressive, but it's limited. It's limited because they're not going to let that AI be capable of God thinking. And apparently the more information you give the the new AI programming, the more they become common sense people and more ethical. So it's not that kind of thing. This is using a slice of AI to present a, uh, a version of a human that very hard to, to detect is not. And winning over the hearts and minds of all the humans who think it's some kind of a God situation in order to, as you say, you know, have the government kill off all their people. So I just, you know, the the conversation just led me to to explain that. It's a fascinating (laughs) experience last night. Yeah, looking forward to listening to that show. Um, So I found the quote here. Um, Ben Rich, second director of Lockheed Skunk Works, stated during a 93 alumni speech in UCLA, we already have the means to travel among the stars, but these technologies are locked up in black projects, and it would take an act of God to ever get them out to benefit humanity. Um, I posted that in the um, Shungai group. In regards to a targeted individual who's been posting publicly in um, uh, Facebook about B2K and and getting microwaved and her using Shungite. Uh, Her name's um, Greta Fahey. Probably saying the last name wrong. F-A-H-E-Y. Hopefully I can get your guys' approval to play her clips on uh, the show. saying sometime maybe next month, and then I'll read off some of the things just using regular Shungite and, you know, <clears throat> around her headspace area. But anyway, um, I wanted to add, so there's a, let me see, there's a, um, I guess I'll read this one. Let me see. Amazing Polly on X at Fringe Views. Um, she says, while we were sleeping, this is what the telecommunications and satellite people were, are doing intra-bio-nets control and communication between the human body and satellites, written before 2020. And she does link to the actual documentation in this post uh, from back in January 18th. Um, the goal of, of the intra-bio-nets project, foundational models of heterogeneous intra-body biomolecular communication network links for the Internet of Bio-Nano-Things is to address fundamental changes in the development of a set 
self-sustainable and biocompatible network infrastructure to interconnect the next generation nanotechnology and synthetic biology, enabling uh, electrical and biological wearable and implantable devices, i.e. the Internet of Bio Nano things. Um, <clears throat> while the constra constraints concern the size, environmental and biocompatibility faced by these devices greatly reduce the practicality of classical communication solutions, their direct contact with the human body where the cells naturally communicate and interconnect into networks suggests the possibility to exploit these biocommunications for the interconnection. There's more to it. I'm just reading like the main thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's the whole thing of uh, they love to tell people what they're doing. It it, it gets them, <laughs> you know, more more uh, elevated. <clears throat> and uh, so, people should also look up um, Zach Voorhees on Rumble, which we played a couple of weeks ago, and his Twitter is uh, X is really helpful. It's at Perpetual Maniac, and um, he says back in the nineteenth. While the CBDC is central bank digital currency is concerning, in my opinion, that the real risk is the AI revolution and the destruction of human labor and intellectual value to the economy. I believe the CBDC is a diversion tactic. The globalists may even plan to jettison the idea because it doesn't really matter for their agenda goals and maybe even hand the populist movement a fake victory. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the AI problem is a nuclear torpedo None like the CBDC, there's no coherent opposition to the AI stuff with a better vision for the future. Uh, pausing AI means we hand victory to China. <clears throat> no one can come to any sensible idea on what to do to avert utter disaster. AI is going to manifest the inherent contradictions of capital accumulation, which will become obvious in the next year. Big tech is buying ungodly amounts of um, NVIDIA GPUs. I don't know what that is. Um, and it's not to, heat, <clears throat> not to heat their office spaces. And um, yeah, so I try to catch Zach in his latest interviews once or twice a month because he is one that easily translates what's been going on to how we can keep up with these things and um, keep ourselves afloat. So, um, <clears throat> and then there was, uh, if people go to, on Facebook, services with Jody and Will, they're um, SS peers. And if people don't buy into that, they're, what, what they post is is very helpful as far as different patents, um, for example, the Voice to Skull, VOG, Voice of God technology, um, they, they post a patent on that and we're commenting that the CIA and the military and other patenting are patenting these ideas so others can't make money off of them <clears throat> or they can control the technology. So there's the Google patent, um, let's see, just trying to open it up and, oh, and it, <clears throat> he says, uh, I don't know if it's Jody or Will, but um, I've worked for 30 years in various jobs as an electrical engineer. And when someone described voice to skull or voice of God technology, I didn't initially believe them as it didn't make sense. However, here is an example of how Project 149, Dr. Ross Ad Addy, who Jody had discussed many times um, in MKUltra is now transposed into this technology. So MKUltra is no longer occurring, huh? I don't think so. So they do post a lot of like, like anti-gravity, anti some UFO kind of, like technology, so it, it's it's out there if people look the right resources, and so um, both of them have been interviewed in Journey to Truth, known for interviewing um, SS peers. Um, I think Will Nutter is his real is his actual name, and he goes by some other uh, SSP name, but uh, 
if you see their faces in, in, in their Facebook thing, it'll, so they've been <clears throat> interviewed um, um, over the years. And it makes sense because during the Shanghai show, I've been mentioning like, okay, everybody talks about nanotech, but in the SSP um, vernacular, they talk about femtotech and picotech, which is the next, you know, you go down smaller and smaller and smaller. So they have like the Hulk program and projects in the SSP and um, <clears throat> different kinds of goo, not just the black goo. So it's a whole spectrum, you know, once again, like what we're told publicly is just barely the, the, the tip of the iceberg. So, um, and for me, I like to, what is the, the fantasy or metaphor? And then what's public evidence and kind of find a middle ground. And I've been doing that even before 2020. So um, <clears throat> that's what helped me find Shungite and stuff about um, mitochondrial optimization, especially now we're at the peak of uh, winter uh, here and I'm constantly using a red light, vitamin D light, be outside when I can, grounding, things like that. So, um, and always have the Shungite on. Um, send it back to you, Nancy. Well, one of the things that um, that uh, video, <clears throat> I mean, the audio on uh, the targeting and the Havana syndrome and the direct weapons being used that Dr. Catherine Horton talked about really kind of shocked me. Because she's been testing people that say they're targeted individuals and finding nanotech throughout their bodies. And what she surmises, because it's, it's in your neck, it's in your joints, it's you know all scattered through your body, is that they're creating a biological nanosystem. In, well, it's not biological, but it's a, a, a nano-connected system inside a biological body and the fact that they have worked with target and she and they and um she also said that the anybody that was in intelligent work intelligence work whether they knew it or not was probably has all these nanochips throughout their bodies so it, you, you see a progression of experimentation you've got individuals that have had this stuff probably surgically or you know it's probably just a needle throwing nanotech into your body uh who knows what kind of they could say you know come in for for a, a, a physical and give you some kind of a knockout thing that lasts for just a little bit and put all this stuff in your body and then wake you up and you go okay that it yep you don't even know that it happened to you you might get some kind of an indication, but you wouldn't know what it was, you know, like a little red spot or <clears throat> maybe a little pain or something. But you wouldn't know what it was because who's thinking that the government's going to do that to you? So what I'm saying is that these targeted individuals may, if we study them, may give us the insight as to what's happening now that through these vaccinations, it's like one needle putting an entire almost like here here's the kit they're putting it into your body and then the kit self starts self replicating and and organizing itself within the body so it's almost like as you were talking about it it almost sounded like they they're experimenting so it's it's like you said that you know well maybe they'll find out they don't need to do this but it's they're just experimenting but I found that that was kind of really actually very spooky. 
I really felt bad for those two people. They certainly had been beat up over this subject. Yeah, that was a good distinction with um, because Doctor Doctor Horton, I've been following her for years, and and she doesn't post regularly on on YouTube, but they're still there, and even um, legendary James Fetzer acknowledged her work and um, reporting of these things, where she was able to do a, a presentation in his uh, I forget it was a conspiracy conference or a false flag conference, one of those, um, some years ago, and. Um, it, it is important to know how do you know where it's just this is all in somebody's head, hallucinations, whatever, making stuff up versus it actually happening. But after what has happened the last four years, how can you deny any of this stuff? And then the clips I've been giving you set to play at the Shungite show eventually, uh, uh, Scott Kesterson, Bards FM, former DOD, he's seen this stuff and described in detail the lab and the projects and the research program that these are SSP level material put into the populace. And as per Solum, you know, nanotechs all over the place, food, water, air, et cetera, right? Uh, along with parasites and whatever. So that's why, you know, among countless other armorings and mindset uh, um, foundationalizing, uh, you know, I, I Shungite everything and i have it on me all the time and you have the um thought form projections of haponopono and um extending love to people right and we've covered on the show before where your bi um, biological electrical field of influence extends out around six feet and just being next to somebody who could be of a lower um vibration it, they will have to their vibration has to meet yours just by simply uh, being next to you. So it ri rises up automatically. So that's a form of uh, uh, mental technology alignment that's effortless, right? Um, so there's so many things you can do out there. Um, you see, I don't know, that's all I kind of have for now. Um, well, how about, I t how about I tell a story? <laughs> okay, we'll go back into time. Um, when I got out of the military, it was easier for me to go into the military to, you know, sort of settle in there. But when I came back out of the military, it, I, the, the world was really stupid. You know, what I knew was so different than what the people around me knew. They were worried about relationships and diapers and 3D things, and I I had, you know, gone through situations where, in all honesty, people didn't know how close we came to a world war, a nuclear war. Um, and I knew the dangers, I knew the control, I knew, you know, what people are finding out now. But I said to this girl I was working with, I was working as a cocktail waitress, I said to her, I, I, I'm really, I, I'm having problems. I need to talk to somebody that's a psychiatrist and also understands psychic abilities. And she said, well, I've got a friend, I've got a friend. And so the next day she takes me over there and I meet this friend. And I, in, in my book, Cosmic Reality, I just call him Vincent, Vincent Collins. Because 
you know, well, you'll understand after I tell you the story. <clears throat> so I go in there and I walk into his, his office and immediately began a telepathic communication with him. Now, what I, and he's, he's, he, we did this for a little bit and he said, you know, I think I need to uh, set up a, a one-on-one with you appointment. So we made an appointment and I left and then I came back and we did this one-on-one thing. And he said to me, why don't I know about you? And I said, excuse me? He said, why don't I know about you? He said, the communication level <clears throat> we got telepathically indicates you're a high psychic. And I said, well, I've just, I've had experiences that has taught me this psychic science, but I'm not anybody that anybody knows. It's just my personal way of getting through life. So he said, would you do an, uh, an experiment with me? And I said, yeah, sure. So he starts pulling out <clears throat> mainly photographs. Excuse me, hold a second. Mainly photographs, but there was some drawings in it too. And it was of different electronic devices, let's put it that way. And I was able to say, oh, that's a conducer, that's a this and that's a that and that's a this. And then he shows me this drawing and he, I looked at it and I said, I have no idea what it is. And he said, can you do, uh, I think that we had had a conversation about some of the things that I knew I'd, I was doing psychically, like telepathy, like remote viewing. And he said, would you uh, do a remote view on this particular device? And so, I, yeah, sure. You know, I said, I haven't been doing this for a while, so I'm probably rusty, but you know, I'll give it a try. So about three days later, I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling really strong. So I said, well, let me let me uh, let me take a, a quick remote here and see what this thing is. Now, the picture itself is representing a device that becomes the anchor to a remote view. And. There's a lot of things that people say, oh, remote viewing is not dangerous. Well, bullshit. You can get yourself into a squirmy mess if you don't know what you're doing. And one of the things that I'm very firmly convinced is you have to have an anchor. Because when you're doing remote viewing in its purest form, you don't know what timeline you're going to go to unless you have an anchor to bring you to that specific timeline, that specific location in space and place. And the picture represented a device, which is could be in any timeline, okay? So I had to project into the remote that I wanted to see this now, now, as it is, now, right? So I keep it on my own timeline, and I'm, take, I'm getting a clearer version of what it is I'm looking at. So I... Image it in my mind, the drawing, and then push your your. It feels like it's not so much that you're going anywhere. It's more like you're pulling into you a new reality. Is all I can say, you know. And normally, what happens is that you look at the thing, you try to figure out who, what's it being. Like one time, I was doing a remote on a trailer that was in East Germany. The CIA had sent me pictures of it. I was the uh, 
the Russian authority, uh, the authority on Russian tactics and electronic warfare uh, of the Russians in Warsaw. So they sent me this picture, and they said, we've never seen this before. And it was right. I had never seen this particular trailer with the antenna system on it. So I went to the trailer in East Germany. I had the coordinates, everything, no problem. And I actually walked up the stairs to this trailer, but I didn't have to open the door. I just walked through the door. And inside there were two operators. And one operator had an operations manual opened up in front of him. And this is one of the weird things about remote viewing is that even though it was written in Russian, acrylic, I knew what it said in English. I don't know why that happens or how, but that's what happened. And I'm reading what this this <laughs> this trailer was doing, and it was really beyond anything that I considered capable of the Americans. But that's what I'm saying, is that you actually are seeing what the operator's doing at the time, and you're pulling in this information. And that's what I anticipated finding out, doing, right? And so... As I get it locked in with the idea that I'm drawing this thing to myself and I'm going to be inside the room it's at, I'm going to look at it, I'm going to do just like I've done many times, when all of a sudden I felt incredible fear. I saw SWAT stickers all over the place. It was so scary that I immediately backed out of the remote. And I, I've never had that experience before. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, what exactly happened. And I realized that they had psychics watching this machine, this device, and that when a psychic signal coming in from a remote viewer was detected, that they would throw out images that would cause fear and cause the remote viewer to lose the, uh, the, the remote view. So I go back to the... Vincent Collins character and um, I'm telling him what happened but he kind of knew what happened because when I went back to him he called me and he said you need to come here right now but you've got to be very careful don't be seen is what he said to me this is about three days later okay so I get there and he's packing up his entire apartment because he had he was with the uh, group of, you know, the, the movie that they made with um, Staring at Goats, the Clooney uh, movie? He yeah, was one Staring of, at Goats. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was one of those people working on that project in real time. And because they would burn out, essentially, after two years, they were automatically sent out to go back to normal life and stay there for like a year or less, but, you know. To, to straighten out your mind. And that's where, why he was in Miami. That's why he was sort of doing practice, his practice again as a psychiatrist, just to stay busy. But he was packing up. He was going back. And what happened, I'm not going to get into the long conversation we had, but what happened was that my signal tipped them off. That some very he, he told me, he said, you must be the most powerful remote viewer that we have that I know of. He said, because apparently you tripped their fear meter, their fear meter, because somebody of immense power had just intruded on this device. And he said, um, he kind of apologized, you know, I should have 
giving you some forewarning, everybody that's ever tried it has had the same experience. He said, this device is the key to all their technology, and we don't know what it is. And I had seen enough of it to say it's based on crystal, and he said, we, we kind of know that. I said, but that's all I saw. And um, so he... He, 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 the reason he was packing up is that right after I had gone, in, I mean, he asked me, when did you do this? You know, what time of the day? You know, when did, when, and right after I had gone and done the remote, there were psychics all over the Western world, the NATO world, that were either being dropping dead, having mental disorientation, or disappearing. And in some of those disappearing cases, people actually saw them burst into flame and disappear. Boom. But it was like they were burnt on the spot, just disintegrated. And he said, we know for a fact that they have, and he called it a psionic machine. And he said, it's designed to match the frequency of somebody and to be able to... Uh, to, to either kill them or make them crazy or disintegrate them. He said it depends on how close the frequency is to the frequency of the human being. And it's resonance. You know, it's the resonant thing. It, they get you vibrating in a way that your body can't handle. And if it's absolutely perfect, every molecule in your body in one instant loses molecular cohesion and in a flash of light... <laughs> you're gone. Okay, if it's kind of off, you can either have a physical ailment that kills you or it can affect your brain so you can't think anymore. But all over, I mean, people that he knew here in the States, people over in uh, England in particular, he was, some of his friends in England had died. And he himself had all of a sudden gone comatose for the three days after that. He had just... That was the first thing he did when he got out of the hospital. They didn't know what was wrong with him, but thank God he, well, he survived the, the hospital trip. And that's the first call he made was to me to get me over there to, to kind of warn me and to find out what, what I had done, <laughs> I guess. But um, in that last visit we had, I was kind of, I was actually very pissed off because I said, so all of you guys are going back into the dark side, into the dark shadows, and you're leaving me out here. And he said, and yes, you're absolutely targeted. And I said, well, what would you suggest I do? And he said, I suggest you do nothing. Don't let them see you. Do not put your signal out. They're watching for it. And I went, well, okay. And I asked him a few other questions. But then that led to... Um, like I say, I was getting a little angry that they're just, oh, just stop. You know, I said, this doesn't fit with me. And he says, and that's a good thing. And I said, well, exactly why? You know, tell me why Why that's a good thing. And he said, because you're a human being that needs to wake up. And you need to take action, but you've got to know how to do it. And we don't have the ability to teach you that. You have to get it from your own in interior self reliance on on spirit and everything else that you know and i and he was talking to so weirdo so then i said to him who the hell are you and he looked at me and all of a sudden he sent me a telepathic image and he was not of earth he was an et 
So you want to say good night to everybody? Or yeah, thanks, Nancy. We'll see you at the Shanghai show. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We'll see you next time. Be safe, and for God's sakes, learn to laugh. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.